Welcome to Lost in Translations. In this episode, we are having a look at the International Booker Prize long list and talking about what has made the list. Welcome to the International Booker Prize episode of Lost in Translations. This is slightly different, but it is a regular that we cover pretty much every year, mainly because the International Booker Prize is probably one of the biggest translation prizes out there that covers most of the world. We just want to make sure we are covering this as a topic because there are often some very interesting books on the long list, and this yeah, it's quite surprising. A lot of the books that we expected to show up on the long list didn't make it there at all. Books like Eleanor Ferrante's new book, The Lying Lives of Adults, and Earthlings by Siaka Murata come to mind when we think of books that didn't make the long list. I realised I forgot to mention translators. Earthlings is translated by Ginny Tapley Takamori, and... Eleanor Ferrante's book is always translated by Anne Goldstein. The reason why we need to make sure we mention translators is because they are often unrecognised and they do such important work to be able to bring us books from around the world that we never get to read otherwise. And it must be a very difficult job, a very thankless job, and it is a job that I respect and want to make sure that I am acknowledging at every point throughout this podcast, throughout my exploration into world literature. The International Booker Prize long list was announced on the 30th of March, and the short list will be announced fairly soon on the 22nd of April, with the winner being announced on the 2nd of June. And there's 13 books on the list, and for those who follow along and try to read the books, that doesn't give us much time. I know last year with COVID and the lockdown, there was an ex extended period of time for people to read the books. I didn't actually read all the books. I've read the entire shortlist, but I didn't read the long list. I would like to be able to do the entire list one day, but COVID didn't really help trying to read the books and I had other issues going on. There's also this short period of time, 13 books is going to be difficult, especially if you've got to try and get the books posted to you and being in Australia with the expensive mailing at the moment it would be very tricky to get the entire long list to read and talk about all the books extensively before the winner is announced on the 2nd of June. This is my first attempt at trying to do a solo podcast so apologies in advance for any weirdness that might happen. I am trying to get into the habit of doing these because I think it's useful to be able to produce a podcast by myself without having to rely on guests. Throughout COVID and the pandemic, I've definitely noticed that it's harder to get guests on and try and organise times to be able to do the podcast. So I think having some solo ones will be useful to be able to keep this podcast rolling every month and it's a good way for me to practice talking by myself and increase my ability of being able to produce podcasts and being able to speak 
about these books. But I did want to talk about the International Booker Prize because I think it is something that is followed by most people that read world literature. And I think it's interesting to look at the books that were picked every year and talk about them. I've only read one of the books, but there's definitely a lot there that I love to read. And I was quite surprised with the list and... Let's go through the long list and just talk about each book one by one and hopefully that might give you an idea of what books you might want to read, not just because of the Booker Prize, but because they sound like interesting books. The first book on the long list is I Live in the Slums by Ken Zhu. This is translated from the Chinese by Karen Gannett and Chen Ziping, and this is from Yao University Press. I love that we have Chinese literature on the long list and Ken Su seems to be a regular on the Booker Prize. Not to my taste her writing, but I really appreciate that we are stepping out of the Europeans and I think we need to do more of that in the prize and I think we need to focus away from Europe and look at say Africa or Asia or South America in particular because I think there is a high amount of books being translated from Europe and we are limiting ourselves and pushing for more books outside of those countries will allow for more diverse, more original literature to be released and having some Chinese literature is definitely a step in the right direction. Next is At Night All Blood is Black by David Delop. And this is translated from the French by Anne Boschevikis. And this is from FSG. And this is a book from the Seychelles, I believe. It is a confession of a Seychellese soldier. And it really explores the struggles of World War One, And it's almost like a psychological horror-type novel. But it is a French novel, so we can't count it as a Seychelles novel. It is worth noting that David Dollop is a French West African author. So there is a lot of his work that does look at anti-colonialism. I think the problem people refer to him as French is because he was born French, but he is of African descent. I think it'll be interesting to explore this novel just to look at the way he talks about Africa and the way he looks at the Seychelles. It's not a country that gets talked about much in literature or gets translated from. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head if there are any books translated from a author from the Seychelles. Next up is The Pearfield and apologies for trying to pronounce this name. It's Nana and she is a Georgian author and this is translated by Elizabeth Highway and this is a kind of historical look at the independence of Georgia through the eyes of children in a school I'm not going to not going to say how that what they called the school but it's a school for disabilities and an interesting look at like growing up in Georgia and coming of age. I'm not sure what to expect from this novel, but I think there is going to be a lot to do with uh, mental illness and disabilities and adoption, as well as the forming of Georgia as a country. 
Next up is a book that I'm really excited to read, but unfortunately it doesn't come out till June here in Australia, and that's The Dangers of Smoking in Bed by Mariana Riquez. This is translated from the Spanish by Megan McDowell, and I love Enriquez. I really love her book, Things We Lost in the Fire, and you probably know that if you listen to the episode on that book, and I'm excited to see more short stories from her. I love the way she explores like the horror supernatural side of things but it making it very feminist and looking at just how women are treated in the world and that's what this is one of the books that I'm really looking forward to reading unfortunately I have to wait I was hoping it would come out in January like it did in the US but because of all the pandemic stuff it's been pushed back a few times here in Australia so unfortunately I have to wait till later this year to be able to read this one. Next we have a Spanish non-fiction book called When We Cease to Understand the World by Benjamin Labatu and this is translated by Adrian Nathan West. This is a look at physics and the exploration between the territory of fact and fiction. This is not really my type of book. I can't say I understand much about science or physics so I'm not sure this is a book that I'm going to get to but for those people interested in learning a little bit more about this topic this is definitely going to be one that people are going to pick up and talk about especially if you want to look at quantum mechanics and anything to do with physics really. Then we have The Perfect Nine by Najee Turango, and this is a look at Kenyan mythology, a look at Kenyan history and a look at the myths that were surrounding the Gikua tribe and this is a combination of the history that were taken from storytelling, choruses, chants and songs. So this is going to be an interesting book to read especially if you are interested in learning more about African history, particularly the tribe in Kenya. This was translated by the author. I almost missed that. I couldn't see the translator mentioned on the press release, but luckily I've worked out that it was translated by the author. Next is The Employees by Ogal Raven, and this is translated by Martin Akin from the Danish. This is a science fiction novel that kind of looks at modern day workplaces and the subtitle to this novel is called A Workplace Novel of the 22nd Century. It basically takes place in a ship travelling to a new discovery planet and looking at the human and humanoid employee relationships and how that might look in the future. Sounds like an interesting look at workplace politics and the evolution of the workplace and I suspect maybe some looks at the relationship between human and humanoid employees. Then we have Summer Brother which is by Jupe Ruppen and this is translated from the Dutch by David Doughty and this is from World Editions. This is a coming of age type novel following a teenager's life and returning home to his disabled brother and looking at the unsettling nature of living in 
a home where people are struggling. His father, I believe, is unemployed or underemployed. His older brother is suffering from a severe congenital disability that has him living in a group home. And this is a look at that kind of relationship and the way we interact with the people with disabilities and our family. Next, we have the German book, A Inventory of Losses by Judah Shalansky, and this is translated by Jackie Smith. This is another one of those novels that seem to be blending history, memoir, and fiction, and looking at the struggles that are taking place, a lot to do with art and the perception of art and how we perceive the artists. I couldn't tell you too much about this book. I think this is the first time I've ever heard of this book, and I'm curious to see what other people think. It is one of those books that has kind of flown under the radar and hopefully been long-listed on the International Booker Prize means that more people will pick it up and talk about it. Next up, we have Minor Detail by Adina Shabelli, and this is translated from the Arabic by Elizabeth Jacket. And this is a Palestinian novel that looks at the aftermath of the Arab Israeli war that took place in 1949. This is the only book I've actually read from the International Booker Prize before the list was announced. This is probably my pick for winning and that's not because it's the only book I've read. I just think it's an intense amazing novel that explores this what they call a minor detail of the war that took place in 1949 and then we jump forward to the 2000s and we look at just how much of an impact that minor detail has made on the situation between Palestine and Israel. Then we have a book in from Russia. This is In Memory of Memory and this is by Maria Stepanova and this is translated from the Russia by Sasha Dugdale. It's interesting we've got a few non-fiction books on the long list. Non-fiction normally doesn't get a much of a say in the International Book Prize. And this is one that explores death and the memories of an art that has died. The narrator is looking through the apartment and pulling up old postcards and letters and diary entries and souvenirs and just recounting the early lives of this art and looking at the effect it had on her and the way Russia as a country had formed her life and had influenced things in the future. I think this will be a very popular book, especially for people that like to read authors like Roland Barth or Susan Sontag and such things, kind of like blending essays, travelogues and memoir into a book. Then we have Wretchedness by Adrian Tucci, and this is translated from the Swedish by Nikolaus Spoli. And this is another book that looks at the balance of life and memories and art. And this is the story of a young cellist who meets a junkie, and they talk about their memories and the turmoil that they've faced and their place in society. There seems to be a theme going on on the long list of memory and life and I think this is very reflective of 
pandemic life, looking at just reflecting on life and looking at how much our life is influenced by society and by our situation. And this definitely feels like one of those books that's going to play a lot into that. Finally, our last book is The War of the Poor by Eric Ballard, and this is translated by Mark Polizisti, and this is another French book, a non-fiction book as well. This is a look at the Protestant Reformation and the peasants and looking at their struggle, the violence that had taken place and the controversy that surrounded the rise of Martin Luther and the struggle with the Roman Catholic Church. Another one that seems to be very relevant to today where we're looking at struggle and looking at the world in a different way and looking at how our history of inequality has really affected our lives. Even the 16th century history has played a big influence on our lives. And that's the final book. This is a very short book, and yet I'm surprised that there were so many non-fiction books on this long list. I think I counted three non-fiction books, which is two more than I normally see. And sometimes when a non-fiction book is put on the long list, they debate whether it really is non-fiction. So it is an interesting list full of many surprises, full of a lot of books that seem to be reflected of the pandemic and isolation and the struggle people are facing and I'm curious to see what people think of these books, which books they've read and which books they think will win. I don't know how many of these books I'm going to get to. Obviously, it's going to be a struggle. I have to rely on my library maybe and see what I can get because shipping, as I said, to Australia is about the price of a book. I think sometimes even more than the book itself. So, Buying book is an issue at the moment, and that means I do rely more on ebooks and rely more on my library, and that's okay. But it's a pandemic too, so we're not really expected to read as much. Some people read more, and I'm kind of jealous of them. But please find our social media, let us know what you think's going to win, what you've read, and what you thought of those books. I'd love to hear your opinions, and we'll be back to do a normal episode next month and I'm not sure which one it will be there's a few lined up that will be recorded soon so it'll depend which one is ready first it is better to leave it as a surprise people that are supporting us via patreon will get a sneak peek and know what will be coming up once we know for sure and I do hope you get a chance to read some of these books on this long list and won't be long now till we find out what's on the shortlist. Thank you for listening. If you want to support Lost in Translations, please go to patreon.com forward slash translations pod and all money there will help support the show. And please remember to subscribe and while subscribing, please rate the show. This will help others find the podcast. All our links to social media are in the show notes and you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and Let's See under Translations Pod. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Walgarukaba and Bindal people. We acknowledge their ownership of this land and all the traditional owners in Australia and acknowledge their care of the land. This is a Macaulay Flower production.